Welcome to the Pain-Free Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Jones. I am a certified personal trainer, and I'm here to help you achieve your fitness goals without pain. In each episode, I'll share tips and strategies that will help you stay safe and pain-free while you're working out. I'll also interview experts in the field of fitness and pain management. So if you're ready to learn how to stay active and pain-free, then subscribe to the Pain-Free Athlete Podcast today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pain-Free Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Jones. As an athlete, I've always been curious about the motivating force behind exercise. When I was a kid in the 80s, no pain, no gain was a big thing. And as I was preparing for this episode, I did a little research, and here's what I found. Now, this comes from Wikipedia because, you know, they're 100% accurate. (laughs) Anyway, um, you know, it's what I found. So here we go. No pain, no gain, or no gain without pain is a proverb used since the 1980s as an exercise motto that promises great value rewards for the price of hard and even painful work. Under this conception, competitive professionals such as athletes and artists are required to endure pain or physical suffering and stress, mental, emotional suffering, to achieve professional excellence. Medical experts agree that the proverb is wrong for exercise. So uh, what made me laugh was that, you know, when I went back and I looked at this, because it's always been a part of my existence, so I'm not 100% sure where it came from, so that's why I looked it up. And (laughs) so first of all, it goes back to like 600 BC is when it first was kind of created, which totally shocked me because I couldn't believe it. And I'll go into detail about that a little bit later. But the best part about it was that it was Jane Fonda, um, who was the first person who kind of created this um, catchphrase. And it made me laugh because, you know, when I do my workouts for my clients, I often will say, you know, if we're doing leg lifts or something like that, I'm like, okay, let's, you know, get in our best Jane Fonda pose, you know, and do our thing. And we kind of laugh about it. But it was about 1982 that she said, no pain, no gain. And she's also responsible, and I didn't know this one, for feel the burn. Um, And, of course, that's essentially meaning like, you know, go to mental, or not mental, but uh, muscular exhaustion. And that lets you know, like, oh, this is a good workout. And, um, you know, and that's what I grew up with. So it was it was definitely entertaining. Um, and then as I continued down the rabbit hole of the interwebs, um, I found out that Ben Franklin had also used the term um, along with the uh, axiom, you know, God helps those who help themselves. Um, I guess in, what was it, did he write it? It was in his persona of Poor Richard um, that, he wrote, uh, there are no gains without pains. Um, and that was in the way of wealth. And then he also recommended that everybody work out 45 minutes each day, which I was like, Oh, it's pretty cool considering that he was not necessarily the picture of health. Um, so, (laughs) or at least, you know, the, the pictures that we see of him, he is not the, uh, athletic, style, uh, body type that, uh, we recognize as somebody who possibly works 45 minutes a day. And we all know that's bullshit too, because, you know, we're all different shapes and sizes. Anyway, um, going back to it, it's like, 
So here I am, you know, early 80s, and I'm so interested in exercise, and I'm, you know, reading magazines, and I'm looking at all this stuff, and, you know, that whole idea of no pain, no gain was like our mantra for the 80s. And, you know, as I was thinking about this, I started laughing because I was like, cue the 80s montage, right? You know, Rocky working out, right? Especially in, you know, Rocky Four, which is probably the best movie out of all of them, although some people say the first one was. Um, but that idea of just like, you know, digging deep and, and going past your bodily limits to achieve greatness. The Karate Kid, and, you know, being beaten and bullied and, you know, whatever, and even injured and digging deep and still coming out a victor. Uh, Top Gun, Streets of Fire, like all those kind of movies. And I'm sure a lot of you who are 80s children are like, yeah, you know, because you know the music, right? The music was like horrible. Um, but it was supposed to be empowering and, you know, wanting to get you into that mode. And, you know, as a kid, I just wanted to be strong. And I wanted to be invincible like everybody I saw. I wanted to be strong like Gladys Portuguese and, you know, all these female bodybuilders that were beautiful and sculpted and strong. And, you know, that's what I wanted to look like. And, you know, now looking back at it, it's like, well, that's not a bad goal, right? You know, every person should have some kind of goal. I don't know if necessarily the body type should be the goal, um, but definitely... Um, I guess the feeling, right, the success of knowing I lifted that weight or I did whatever I needed to do. Um, but when you look at the core belief behind no pain, no gain, is that essentially saying, like, you have to suffer in order to become stronger. And then it begs to question, right, is there a deserving of suffering? Um, is suffering the only thing that will make me a better person? Am I supposed to suffer? Um, I know sometimes when I talk to my high school students about success, there's conversation, you know, we'll share stories. Oh, this person did this and this person did that and how they achieved uh, what they did. And I'd say 95% of the stories that I share and not really paying attention are people who struggle, right? They struggle and then they achieve their success. And so I think what I'm inadvertently doing is sending the message to my students that you're supposed to suffer in order to achieve great things in this world. And that's probably the wrong message. Um, so there's many areas in this, where this way of thinking, right? The suffering can show up in your life and, you know, it can come up with your relationships, right? With your friends and your family, um, you know, like I have to go through a bunch of crappy relationships before I have a good one. Um, sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't, right? Some people meet their high school sweetheart, fall in love and stay married for 50 years. So, you know, is that that case? Probably not. Um, for me, you know, it could be in terms of sports. And that was a struggle for me because I am an average athlete. And um, as hard as I try, I'm an average athlete. And, you know, that's not a bad thing because I'm still an athlete and I still view myself as an athlete and I feel proud of who I am as an athlete. I'm just not at a uh, level of excellence that 
you know, makes me qualify for an Olympic team or makes me win my age group in triathlon or any other races, those types of things. I am a person who finishes and, and sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I enjoy the process. There are some things that are just torturous. Uh, triathlon can be torturous all by itself um, because there's just so many aspects of it where you're just alone. And sometimes I wonder is that the suffering that I endure in triathlon, is it a result of being alone in my suffering or is it just the actual act? Um, you know, who knows? But as we go into this and you think and you go back and forth about the no pain, no gain um, thing, mantra, is that, or where I'm heading, is that, you know, it's a dangerous concept. Um, if you're a new athlete, you need to have an understanding, right, that pain is a signal. It is a warning alarm that your body is giving you to let you know that something physiologically is not okay. And you should examine that. So if it's one day where you're sore, that's fine. Um, if it is another day or two or three or four or five, then you probably you know, could have torn something. You could have injured yourself more than you thought. And so always and always you go get it checked out. And if you're wrong and it's just soreness, then that's fine. You know, you wasted your whatever for your copay to go to the doctor, but at least you're taking care of yourself and you're checking it out. But always remember, like, any type of pain is a warning, right? And you need to heed the warning. You can't ignore it. Um, the second thing is remember that overtraining is a thing, right? There are reasons why the most successful workouts or, you know, work out three to four days a week with a rest day in between or, you know, differentiate the types of workouts that you're doing. So, you know, do some weightlifting, do some cardio, do some swimming, uh, go for a walk or a hike or different things, right? Work different body groups at different times because people who are considered at risk of overtraining do the same thing over and over again at an intensity that is not okay. And we know that, you know, what doesn't bend breaks, right? <laughs> and that's the thing is that when you keep doing those types of things, you know, you're just killing yourself. And that's never a good way to go. Now, of course, the extreme to overtraining is rhabdo, right? And that is when essentially you start killing your muscles. And you may have heard about it, right? It's in the... um it's been in the news lately because some college coaches, football coaches, and strength training coaches that are associated with football programs have been getting arrested or um, at least getting sued for the fact that they're pushing athletes beyond their bounds. And they're really hurting these people to the point where they're physically ill and need to go to the emergency room to find out what's going on with them. Um, there's also other things that are associated with getting that, right, which is, oh, not um, hydrating. You know, and so that idea of the football coach who says, hey, you stay out there and you'll get water when you run this play correctly or, um, you know, anybody else who says you'll get water when. Right. That's probably not the best environment for you to be in as an athlete. And you have to listen to your body. If you're exhausted and you're not feeling motivated to work out, then your body is telling you something and it can't hurt to listen. Um. The other thing about overtraining or the lighter end of it, right, not the severe, you know, going to the ER version of it, 
is that it really kills motivation. If you feel like you need to work out every day and it has to look like this and, um, you know, I can't skip a day or, you know, if there's an intensity to it that is not healthy, eventually you're going to be like, screw this. I don't want to do it. Right. Because it's our body's default, right. To avoid discomfort. And that's the idea of pain, right? Pain is discomfort, tells your brain something's wrong and your brain tries to protect you, right? Sends off all these flares, messages, et cetera, right? Like we should stop doing this because this really hurts. Overtraining does the same thing. It really tells you, boy, my body's really uncomfortable. It's tired. It's, you know, whatever it may be. And I need to stop working out. And you're going, no, I need to stay because I said that I was going to do this 30 day challenge or whatever it's going to be. And we need to be careful about that because even as I see athletes who like go out like gangbusters, right? He'll start their challenge and they're like, I'm going to do this. Oh, this feels easy. So I'm going to do more. They end up getting sore or too sore. And then they go, yeah, I don't want to do that. And then before you know, they're like, oh, I'll pick it up the next day. And then there's a delay, right? And then they're like, oh, I'll do it, you know, Wednesday. And then, oh, it's Thursday. And then, you know, right, and you push out that motivation. And then eventually you're like, ask her, I don't want to work out anymore. You know, that was a dumb idea. I'd rather just go do something else. So it's, a, for me, as a fitness coach, it's really important for you to understand that moving your body should be fun and motivating, right? So if you're not, if it's not, right, then you're doing something wrong or your motivation or your why is wrong. Right. If you're doing this to lose weight and then you're not noticing that you're losing weight and then you decide to give up, then that's probably not your best motivation. Right. Because losing weight has a lot more to do than just exercising. There's other things. Right. So you have to have a solid why. Um, it could be I'm doing this because I want to, you know, like I have a girlfriend who did it because she wanted to see her grandchildren grow up. And she knew that the lifestyle that she was living was not very motivating, not motivating, but not healthy. And if she continued on that path, she wasn't going to be able to see them. And so then she changed it. And the funny thing is that people are like, well, now you've done those things, so you're good. And for her, she's like, I can't stop. I need to make sure, and she's, and she's smart about it. You know, she has days that she works out. She has days that she, you know, goes on a hike. She has days that she swims, you know, all those different things. But the idea is that she knows that making her fitness a part of her daily life is what's keeping her alive for those babies. That's her why, and that's a strong why. For me, the why is so that I don't kill people, right? <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Um, no, but it's really about that. It's about that mental fitness. It's about that challenging my body. Um, it is about giving my brain a break. Um, because it seems like anything that I do for the most part, I can't stop my brain from working, always, you know, looking for new ideas, all these types of things. And that working out seems to be the only thing that I could be absolutely focused in in that moment and as present as I could be. And so for me, that's a mental health aspect, right? Is that I need to work out so that I, I am a nice person to be around and so that I'm not torturing people for my entertainment. So this is a little short episode, but I just wanted to kind of get it out there because I keep hearing about it. You know, it's coming back again and um, 
I've been watching, I don't know if you've seen, the American Gladiator stuff is all coming up again. ESPN did a piece on it, and now there's a Netflix series on it. And, um, you know, the steroid era and that whole no pain, no gain thing is coming up. And I just, I was like, I need to talk about this because, you know, there are people and athletes like me who don't necessarily, um, you know, may not know better. And that mantra is dead, <laughs> and it's not something you should use. And so just keep that in mind. Again, going back, moving your body should be fun and motivating. That is, should be your thing, right? Whatever it may be. And it doesn't have to be lifting weights. It doesn't have to be on the treadmill for five hours or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be going to gym for that amount of time. It could be going on a hike with, you know, your friends. It could be taking your dog for a walk, those types of things. Exercise is just moving your body and moving your body in a healthy way. So if anything, if anything you take away from that, or from this, I hope it's that, is that moving your body should be fun and motivating. Anyway, that's it for now. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Don't forget to please rate and review this podcast, and I'll catch you next time.